Amen. I don't think if we tell the truth that there wouldn't be one person in here that wouldn't say those lyrics of that song have you felt before. Sometimes you felt so discouraged and you felt like your life was in vain. Am I the only one in here like that? Because I'm going to change my text if I am because some of y'all are lying. I need to preach where all liars go. That's why we're encouraging God's word that we're not to walk by sight nor by feeling but by faith in the word of God. Notice I said the word. Not opinion. Not philosophy. Not popular demand. Not the majority vote. But the word of God. Because the Word of God will accomplish what He has sent it to do. He watches over His Word to perform it. The Word is of such value. I believe I've read in there where it says that heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will endure forever. If you hadn't figured it out yet, the art of failure is not hard to master. Let that soak in. The art of failure is not hard to master. All you got to do is do nothing. If your goal in life is to, to fail, I promise you will accomplish it. If you don't, as the old timers used to say, change your stinking thinking and bring your thoughts captive, make them align with the Word of God, recognize not only who Christ is that lives in you, but who you are in Him. You're not that old man that used to be. The that was full of failure and sin and degradation and heartbreak and depression and loneliness. You're not that person. You're a brand new creature in Him. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Soak on that a minute. Soak that in. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You can't do it on your own. All you can do is be in Him. Allow Him to do what only He can do in you. Whew. Second Peter chapter 1. Probably not going to do much preaching tonight. I'm going to do a lot of reading. Second Peter, chapter 1. As we read the first 11 verses, I'm going to want you to pay attention to the fact that there are eight specific things listed. The first six will deal with yourself. 
The last two will deal with others. The purpose of this message tonight is for us, as you will see as we read, for us to no longer be babes in Christ on the milk, but for us to see firsthand characteristics that we need in our lives to grow up, to be mature, to be partakers of the divine nature so that we can not only be successful in the things that the devil will bring our way, so that we can not only endure, but so that we win. How many of you want to win? How many of you want to win in eternity? You want to win in the battles that you face the devil with? You want to win in business? You want to win in school? You want to win in your relationship? I don't want to lose. I don't like to lose. Never did, never will. Chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian in this house tonight, if you have received the gift of eternal life by opening your heart and repenting of your sins and receiving the work of Jesus Christ on Calvary, his death, burial, and resurrection. And if you are a child of God, if you know that Jesus is your Savior and that heaven will be your home, then the rest of what we're about to read applies to you. If you're lost and on your way to hell, you can change that before you leave here tonight. But these verses don't apply to you till you take care of business. So Christians, pay attention. Don't even take notes. Just get a CD. They're free. I ain't trying to sell them to you. But I want you to get what we're about to read in your heart. In your mind. In your spirit. So that you don't remain the same any longer. We'll reread that second half of verse 1. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which, don't miss this, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let me pause just a moment. Being a partaker of the divine nature. How many times have you heard it said and true it is that the definition, the ultimate definition of a Christian is to what? Be like Jesus. To be like Christ. If we're going to be like him, we've got to begin to be partakers 
of the divine nature. Verse 4. And we'll reread it. By which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence to add to your faith. See, that's where you got saved. That's where you start. We're saved by grace. Through faith, there has been dealt to every man a measure of faith. Every person ever born on planet earth, there has been put in them enough faith to when they hear the gospel, to be able to receive the gospel and to be saved. But when you become a Christian, when you become saved, in order for your faith to grow, in order for you to become a more of a, a faith woman or a faith man. It's absolutely imperative. There's no shortcuts. There's no other way. That your faith will grow except by ingesting and digesting the word of God. You can pray for more faith. You can ask for more faith. You can desire more faith. But faith only comes one way. That's the word of God. So but also, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. We're all Christians. We back up up there to those who have obtained the precious faith. Remember, we're Christians. We started. We're there. Now, watch. Add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. I'm in the NIV. Uh, you probably, if you're in the King James, that probably says temperance. To self-control, pers uh, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he has, was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These are attributes that we've read that we are to not just desire, but to pursue and to add to us. Starting with the first six, I went to the dictionary and I wrote down the definitions and I want you to get out your spiritual pen and paper and grade your own papers and don't grade it on the curve I say that all the time I want you to be open and honest with yourself with God I want you to embrace your strengths and I want you to confront your weaknesses I want you to begin to mature I want you to begin to be different than you were 
six months ago, a year ago, two months from now. I want you to begin to develop in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to begin to develop in your faith. I want you to begin to develop and to grow because that is a sign of being healthy. The first one is faith. We know Hebrews says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, but the dictionary says that and see if you've really been praying in faith. See if you've really been walking by faith. See if you're really speaking faith. Dictionary says faith is unquestioning belief. Specifically in God. Complete trust or confidence. Loyalty and expectation. I'm not here to condemn, to judge, to throw rocks. I'm here to enlighten and encourage and illuminate. God warned us in his word. says, when you pray, don't pray as the heathen do. For they think they're heard for their much speaking. They're pretty and they're fancy and they're wordy prayers. He said, don't be like that. But when you pray, believe. Yes. Believing meaning expecting, anticipating, having that Knowing in your knower. That's cowboy. There's some things you just know. When you saddle that horse up on a cold morning and you can stick your fist up under that saddle, you know he's going to buck. Because I'll get Glenda to warm him up. <laughs> but faith. Unquestioning belief. You see, the word says that if any man would be in Christ, he must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So it starts out with believing and knowing that he is the Son of God. We got to know that before we can confess that, before we can be saved. So it starts there, but it progresses and it grows from there. Secondly, he said to add to your faith, virtue. Virtue is general moral excellence. Specific moral quality. Chastity. Excellence in general. Virtue. It's a lost commodity in America today. Specifically in Christianity. Where has virtue gone? We've polluted and deluded and excused and justified and made okay almost everything. But it's not okay in God's eyes. Virtue. Then it says, add to your virtue, knowledge. Knowledge is the fact or state of knowing. Range of information or understanding. When he wants us to come to the knowledge of the truth, the knowledge of his word, he's wanting us to, to have the fact or the state of knowing that it is exactly like he says it. Not maybe, not could be, might possibly be, or maybe it went out with 
the day of Pentecost, or maybe it's that's in years past, that doesn't apply today. Not true. Not true. Add to your knowledge self-control. And this is actually the way this message came about. Tuesday morning I was on my way about 6 o'clock over to Strong's on Uri Drive about every month or every six weeks. Dr. Jimmy Smith, cardiologist, and Doc Moore and myself will have breakfast and we'll just talk about God. And I was on my way over there. Not much traffic out on the road. And man, all of a sudden, in my truck, the thoughts began to be self-control. And nobody tried to run me off the road. I wasn't having road rage. Wasn't no other cars or trucks around me. But I began to dwell on self-control or temperance. The dictionary says that's control of one's own emotions, desires, or actions. It's not excusable in God's eyes to say, well, I come from a family that's got a long history of temper." Self-control. 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 One that controls their own emotions, desires, and actions. Another way of saying that is to bring in captive every thought to see if it be of the Lord. In the end, ultimately, you are responsible for you and I am responsible for me. That's what it comes down to. Self-control. Do you possess it? Is it evident? Is it common in your life? Or do you still fly off the handle time and time again? Do you still allow other people to mash your button, change your channels, and turn your volume up? This is honesty, folks. If we're going to be partakers of the divine nature, if we're going to exude the Spirit of Christ, and if we're going to be effective in this last days as we go down the home stretch to represent God the way that He needs to be represented, He's telling us these eight things you must do to be a partaker of the divine nature. Add to your self-control. Perseverance. I ain't never liked that word. But it's the truth. It says to continue a course of action in spite of opposition or difficulty. To continue a course of action in spite of opposition or difficulty. God told us in, in His Word that while you're in this world, you're going to have opposition. 
You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. He tells us time and time again to fight the good fight of faith. He tells us to fight. Not flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. To use the word of God, the spirit of God, the might of God to pull down strongholds. You do your, your warfare and your weaponry in the heavenlies. And it takes persevering. I always think about that movie Rocky. How you know Rocky... He thought he was going to quit fighting. He's looking for him a job. He goes to see the banker. You remember? And he says, oh, I understand you're a fighter and a pretty good one. Why do you want to quit fighting? He said, well, you ever been hit in the face 500 times one night? <laughs> kind of hurts after a little bit. Sometimes after we've been in the spiritual battle and we've been throwing punches and we've been receiving some punches here and there, sometimes we, we feel like, Throwing up our hands and quitting. But I'll tell you what my mom told me years ago. The only way you lose, son, is if you quit fighting. Stand up and fight. Persevere. Add to your perseverance. Godliness. I was shocked at the simplicity of the dictionary's explanation of godliness. Devoted to God. Devout. Are you devoted? Are you devout? In your worship and adoration, in your loving Him, serving Him, seeking Him, desiring Him, calling on Him. Are you devout about that? Are you devoted to that intimacy with Him? That worship. God is a spirit and they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. You can't just worship God with words. It has to come from your spirit. You've got to be devoutly in love with him. You've got to adore the essence of who he is. Or you can't worship him. Add to your godliness. Those six deal with yourself. These next two deal with others. Said, add to your brotherly, your to your godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness is sympathetic, gentle, benevolent. It don't sound like a whole lot of the stuff that goes on in a lot of churches. We martyr our own wounded. Can't wait to tell. Did you hear about so and so? Well, I ain't gossiping. It's the truth. You're still gossiping. I believe that Christians should operate exactly like the military in this regard. Only those with a need to know need to be told. Aside from that, as Barney Fife would say, tickle off. Shut up. God says it a little bit nicer in his word. He says, if there's any man among you that seems to be religious and bridleth not his turn, this man's religion is in vain. 
Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You ought to be building up instead of tearing down. You ought to be exhorting and encouraging instead of judging and condemning. Remember this. With what measure you judge, you shall be judged. Now go on and make it as hard on them as you want to because that's what's coming back to you. Brotherly kindness. Add to your brotherly kindness. Love. That's a strong affection or a liking for someone or something. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. And by this will all men know that you're my disciples in that you love one another. That you have a strong affection for you. You're concerned one for another. You're willing and ready to pray one for another. You're willing to rejoice when another one rejoices. And you're willing to suffer and weep with them when they are going through things. You, you're, you're so committed to them and embodied to them in love. That you hurt when they hurt. You hurt because they hurt. And you won't be willing to just help them out of the ditch. Duke, as Duke would say, you'd be willing to get in the ditch with them and help them out. Verse 9. He who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never stumble. You shall never fall. It's up to you. The word tells us that we can be partakers. But you've got to be willing. And it's got to become a priority in your life. It has got to be not an afterthought. But a vision. And a desire. Because after all, remember, as a Christian, I should want to be like Jesus. This is how you become like Jesus. Would you bow your heads? You're here tonight and you say, Dennis, I am a Christian. I'm saved. But I got to admit, I haven't moved very far, maybe not even at all from that first one of the faith of having been saved virtue is not a quality in my life the list goes on you say but tonight I want to make a covenant with myself 
that I will begin to, as the word says, hunger and thirst for the Lord and for righteousness. That I will begin to search for him as a hidden treasure. And his word says that I will find him. But you got to make that decision. If that's you tonight, would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray for you to be able to fulfill that. Anybody, anywhere, say, Dennis, that's me. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. In the balcony, anyone, anywhere, say, that's me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Lord, I thank you for the honesty of these folks. I pray, Lord, that the commitment that they're making to themselves and the commitment that they're making to you, God, to endeavor to be more like you by adhering to what your word has told us to do tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would help to seal that commitment by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that once again they would return to their first love. I pray, Lord, that the gift that's within them would be stirred up. I pray, Lord, that these other qualities would abound in their lives so that you can work through them, yes, but so that they can represent you in the way that they should and live in the might and the power and walk in the anointing 